everybody. Welcome back to Radio Grape. Yeah. Do, do you have volume control on that thing? I have volume control on this. I'm looking for the... Hey, yeah, that's a good idea. <sighs> We're having a little technical difficulties. Was... Welcome back to Radio Gripe. It's time once again. This is our general discussion show where we get into, you know, whatever uh, whatever we feel like talking about, basically, for the night. Uh, we've been gone for a minute, but we're back. I'm Joe. I'm Jen. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I guess I I should do this. Uh, I've yet to write the script out, but uh, we want to say thanks for tuning in and thanks to KBSR for giving this chance on the air. Uh, of course, what we say here is ours and not KBSR. So if you want to get at us, because it doesn't reflect them, it reflects us. You can get at the emails we're trying show at gmail dot com, or uh, get at us on Instagram. It's Radio Grape TX. Yeah, um, so we've been having some uh, technical difficulties with new equipment. Um, every 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 time we try to sit down and do a show, new surprises. And um, you'd think we've been doing this long enough to know what the fuck we're doing, and it, instead we're moving backwards. But what we're bringing you today is the first uh, show that is legally compliant with intellectual property rights because we will not be able to play any music on this show um, yeah so it's a it's can't a first cut in for clips. us yeah 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 we we don't need to bother with brass tacks about that i'll say this fuck windows well it might be time to bring back the soundboard app all right Okay, yeah, we got all the basics. <laughs> we got everything we need. Yeah, cool. In global news, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Iran and uh, what's going on in Russia. Iran, okay, yeah. Um, we are going to be talking about... Trees. We're going to be talking about compassionate treatment of some Venezuelan refugees. Uh, and we are going to be talking about Starbucks and what shitheads they are. And it's hurricane season. Uh, so we'll be talking a little bit about the weather. Uh, but before we get to all that, we're going to check in with the headspace. Oh, just goes, huh? <laughs> Is it the whole song? I can't stop it. It's no? too good. Are you okay? okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Joe, what's in your headspace? Um, I mean, really, what's what's dominating my headspace uh, right now is the fact that last night we went downtown to uh, uh, South Congress and we saw Itchio at the Far Out Lounge, and it, it was, was far out. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe. It was uh, it was definitely like a lot of fun. It was entertaining, and it was uh, uh, a lot to kind of like take in and uh kind of chew on it is hard to describe uh sarah my sister sarah shout out i uh, hope you're listening girl she texted me while i was on my way back and i described it as satanic uh a satanic marching band uh, i said check them out if uh that's if that's your if that's the ticket that's what the kids say yeah no that's what the kids say uh they talk about tickets um yeah but um <laughs> no it's and, and and really they're like using the term like satanic is just a kind of a a broad stroke of uh kind of like how the music feels it's a feeling yeah yeah and it's, it's a style it's an aesthetic that they kind of use but they don't lean into specifically satanism no no no, no they're no. they're more avant-garde than that I yes guess. yeah 
fucking it's like great a, band. It's uh, like a dark carnival. It's not just a it's, it's not just a samba rhythm, but it's it, yeah. There's whistles. There's drums. There's theremins. It's an it's an art collective of over fifty people, and uh, I I don't think that they were rolling that deep at our show, but there was at my estimate at least twenty people. There were yeah. multiple puppeteers uh, in yeah. the crowd with their these sort of animal puppets, and uh, at, at one point they were pantomiming. I don't know, almost like a mating dance, and um, I forgot that there were people in there, and I wanted to, uh, I was for them, I wanted to sort of pet one, win it over, and then ride it to glory, just yeah. ride it on out of there. Yeah, a spectacle, uh, which is what, what I was expecting and what I wanted. Yeah, but they absolutely fucking owned that space, and it was, uh, it was a great time. Uh, so Ichio, I uh, strong radio gripe recommend. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jen? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the boys. A da boys, da boys, an Amazon Prime um, show uh, that just wrapped up its third season. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even heard about it till kind of recently when uh, Homelander started making his way into memes as a sort of um, as kind of a troubled Chad archetype, as a beloved enfant terrible. Uh, to the to far right people, okay, who are watching this show under the assumption that Homelander is the protagonist, and it's about his struggles against the liberal ingrates who don't understand yeah. his uh, that he is a godlike Chad, as you say, that is destined to rule the world. I think the show is really about. I like you calling him a terrible infant, though, too. <laughs> Well, he is. He is yeah. that. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. He's not the protagonist of the show. <laughs> no. Well, that's, you know, so they draw a lot of comparisons with what they're doing with uh, this adaptation of the comic book, where they are kind of, uh, they're not just keeping it canonical to what happened in the comic, and they're reflecting what's been going on in American uh, society and politics and everything over the last handful of years that it's been getting done. And I think that it is interesting the kind of parallels that you can think about when you think about the political and social climate of America and then how that's playing out in this world of superheroes. It's a dark, vicious satirization. But the the parallels, especially between him and kind of a Trump character, who is also a terrible infant, you know, a king baby kind of thing. Vought Industries is, it's kind of like Hollywood and the whole field of politics and professional sports and and other things all rolled into one. So you're able to very effectively satirize the current state of modern life in America. And they do a really good job at it. I will say, uh, caveat, the show is not for everyone. Um, oh, for sure. It's extremely uh, distasteful. Yeah, very distasteful. Very, very uh, offensive. Content um, warnings. Extremely violent. Kind of all over the place. Uh, Cartoonish violent rendered um, realistically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a real a real savageness uh, whenever they do kind of uh, display violence too. Yeah, they don't really kind of hold back. Which, I'll... I'll take it. It doesn't. I'm. I'm one that doesn't get offended or you know ill at ease by too much of that. You know. I have frequently had to. I've. I've wanted to. I've wanted to stop the show, take a pause, and have a cigarette, because what I just saw is just a little. It's just a little too much, um, and not just you know mindless violence, but the, the thing that they're satirizing. It's. It's too deep a cut. 
Yeah, yeah. It's all in there. The casting couch, uh, ch- child beauty pageants. Um, yeah, they really do kind of like hit all the worst things, huh? Uh, yeah, and uh, all, liberal, and liberal hypocrisy is, is there. That's not really what the show's about. That's the thing about it is that all of those subjects fit together almost like cartoonishly well. Like it's like, man, what kind of world is this? But it's like, no, this is this is our world. You know, we have basically all of these things it's except for except for superheroes. Yeah, except for like a magical but potion. We have. Oh wait, no spoiler shit. Yeah. Ex- except for magical people who are magical people. <laughs> um, the I think that one of the largest uh, themes in the show is uh, lust for power, mm-hmm. and of course uh, collateral damage. Yes. And they they keep coming back to those every time, and. They're not getting stale with it. They're still interesting. Yeah, and you know, you I haven't know? I haven't watched a lot of Marvel movies, but when I do, I become obsessed with how many buildings get destroyed, how many innocent people. It's not really something that the show dwells on, right? Or that these movies dwell on. But I was just watching Thor: Love and Thunder, and I cu- I couldn't I couldn't just watch that uh, as as sort of cartoonish fun without constantly casting back to the boys and thinking about the collateral damage that goes unaddressed right um the the people who <laughs> which is how the show starts off is that yeah. that someone has yet again been well you know, collateral damage by the hijinks of these superheroes battling their their by the, foes by the japes and jabs of these crime fighting fellows uh yeah you know and not not to dwell on it too much but i do just say that's Another one of those themes that uh, I I enjoy, and I don't know if that makes me kind of basic, but it's the same reason that I like the Venture Brothers and what they do a lot is kind of like reimagining the fantastic scenario in a more realistic way, you know, where you just kind of like acknowledge how real life plays out, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm about ready to rewatch the Venture Brothers too. uh, Same. Good. We're on the same page. Uh, last thing I'm going to say about the boys is uh, apparently recently some of the subsection of the fan base uh, who really admire Homelander have decided that season three is too woke and that there's been some sort of tonal shift. Oh, uh, of course. I, not, no, this not is, to my perception. This is probably they're LARPing. Uh, this is them role playing being in the boys. They uh, have decided to take out their aggression on uh, the actress who plays Starlight. Uh, one of the many foes of uh, Homelander. Right. And um, they have been harassing her IRL online. They can't go after Starlight, so they're going to go after this actress whose name I don't remember. I'm sorry. To be clear, I don't remember anybody's name tied to that show other than, uh, what's his name? Seth Rogen. It's the one name I can pull forth off of that show. He had a brief. Well, he's a producer. Oh, he's a producer. Yeah. Oh, that explains why he showed up. That's why he has cameos. It's, I don't think it's a reflection on the show uh, that there is this toxic fan base. Like, sometimes toxic fan base will ruin a show and make you kind of go, ah, I never, I never sure. need to watch another episode of Rick and Morty just because those, yeah, those, yeah. those guys are such assholes. Steven Universe. Hey. Uh, Star Wars. Um, literally any fandom um, can become toxic because all fandoms are inherently toxic. Yeah. You know, we were talking about going to the Sitio show and... Uh, and maybe it was something else, but the subject of being that person who wears the band shirt to the, the show mm. uh, got brought up. And yeah, I've always like I've, I've made the jokes about it. But the more I thought about it over time, I was like, that's actually pretty bullshit. And that's kind of gatekeeping. Like people show up to the show and whatever the fuck they want to wear. And if they're wearing their crisp fucking new shirt for whoever it is that they're seeing. So what? 
Like, fucking what's it to you? Why do you have to, yeah, why do you gotta be like that? I don't judge people at shows for what they're wearing. I just admire them. I pick out the ones that are wearing things that I like, like sparkly bell bottoms, and I say, that's a good look for you. There you go. Or, you know, back in the 90s, you'd see a lot of people making their own shirts. It'd be just a a white fruit of the loom with ween written on it and magic marker or whatever. Uh, You know, that's cool, too. My old friend Lorraine, uh, when we went to um, the Electronic Music Fest in Detroit, she wore... She just wore a t-shirt. It's just a it was a white Hanes t-shirt, and she'd written "fuck MTV" on it. I miss that little Catholic cook, that <laughs> tall that tall Catholic cook with the tiny feet. That okay, so because <clears throat> you said little Catholic cook and then tall Catholic cook with tiny feet. Yeah, I just remembered. She's not it's, little. She just has tiny, tiny feet, and she no, falls you know down all the time. It's size, adorable. Feet size will change the perception of the the person overall. I get you. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how into feet you are, I guess. So, you could say that she too big for her goddamn feet, huh? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. She, she, she herself would, would say that. Oh, and uh, I might as well say this before we get off topic of the headspace. I'm also watching the new Lord of the Rings on Netflix. Uh, very, very expensive new piece of LOTR uh, IP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm liking it. Come at me. We're trying show at gmail.com. Thank you. Yeah. Well, since you took a second, I'll take another two. Uh, the Adventure Zone uh, just came out. They're doing their new season, which is uh, Dust Chapter 2. Uh, they had already done uh, a run-through with the Dust setup, and so they're bringing some of those characters back, and uh, they're going back to that setting, and it's dope. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. For those who like D&D and podcasts and all that good stuff. I guess our head zone is a bunch of plugs. <laughs> Well, this is this is the point where usually it's just music going out. So like, for my news roundup, the rise of Dark Brandon. If if I have to explain this to anybody, uh, I I'll make it real quick. The um, there was a NASCAR race <laughs> <laughs> months ago. Uh, the audience was chanting "fuck Joe Biden." Uh, the newscaster, mishearing them, thought they were uh, lending support to the current driver, uh, Brandon, I forget his name, because I'm not really a NASCAR <laughs> person. NASCAR. Brandon NASCAR. And said, oh, they're chanting for him. They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. Well, that was fucking hilarious to, uh, to the to Magus. The right. yeah. Which, it, yeah, it's pretty funny, but wow, they just went on milking that cow. That one little cow produced, I don't know how many gallons hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk over the course of months and months um because they're like a little like an annoying six-year-old and you laugh one time at a joke they told and then they just keep telling it over and over again you say months and months i'm pretty sure some people got that tattooed oh yeah no you know yeah um there's been a a whole infrastructure that is built up around the uh, let's go brandon in some corners of the internet they then created uh, a dark brandon meme that painted joe biden not as a senile old man who has to be literally propped up by the deep state but uh actually some sort of uh fascist dictator Uh who is pulling all the strings Mm -hmm. and that meme was co-opted by the left uh-huh. uh at first reluctantly uh or even ironically because you know it's a silly joke it's basically just the best way to kind of undercut the message but then sweep with it, more sweep its legs out more and more enthusiasm um because there was a series of victories first gas prices came back down uh actually under three dollars in some parts of town here yeah. i was noticing yesterday yeah uh, the biden administration passed uh, student debt relief um, right which uh and and 
their Twitter started, the White House official Twitter started calling out uh, all of the <laughs> politicians who were complaining about that um, right. on their failure yeah. to pay back their PPP loans that yeah. they probably shouldn't have received in the first place. That's right. Our, uh, defaulting our, on those. Our episode from two weeks ago was going to be a banger. I wonder if I still have notes. Sorry, go on. Then uh, they passed a very popular $1.2 trillion infrastructure uh, and environmental bill. Um, against all odds, uh, against, you know, Joe Manchin. And then finally, uh, Biden, I guess four weeks ago now, delivered a gloves off feisty speech in front of, uh, and I'm quoting here, blood red demonic backdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking like that. another quote uh, from a right winger, looking like uh, he was speaking from the in front of the gates of hell uh, and flanked by Marines, which also pissed them off. Uh, well, I mean, saying that the U.S. is in a battle for the soul of our nation and democracy itself. Uh, he does differentiate uh, between Republicans and MAGAs who have no respect for the Constitution or rule of law, mm-hmm. but also calls out Republican cities worked with saying they ain't got no shame in regards to people like Ted Cruz actually touting right. uh, um, certain bills that, that are popular that he actually voted against but passed in spite of his efforts right. uh, to be a... Um, obstacle to any type of achievement yeah. um, whatsoever uh, as, as long as it's not his guy in charge. I mean, Ted Cruz's prime example, he's kind of apex predator when it comes to wild shit eater, but we've got plenty of other up and comers. Um, yeah, you could literally pull any fucking name out of a hat. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I got some words. I got words, some words for some other Republican politicians before we're finished with this show. Mm. But um, yeah, he also specifically mentions abortion, abortion rights in his speech, saying uh, MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards uh, to where we have no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. Um, all of these are um, pretty unpopular with mm-hmm. the mainstream, uh, the average mainstream American, but um, the people that are holding the reins of power, um, I, it's not hyperbolic to say that that's absolutely what they want. Um, right. Obviously, there was a Trump response speech that was a series of, you know, Trump response speeches, of course, because he never stopped touring. He will always he will always be touring until he's dead. Yeah. Um, Somebody put a cape on him and take him backstage, please. (laughs) Um, I mean, this is this is last show's news. Uh, The queen died. Oh, yeah. See, you're, it's all coming back, right? Uh, yeah, the, the queen had died. Uh, she, as as Alex Jones put it, she's made the jump to hyperspace. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually love that. Yeah, this. I don't know if that's a part of his belief system. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him say or, that before. Or what he believes is part of her belief system, uh, or if this is what he thinks is like a common thing. I don't know. So an American perspective, and I, I saw a TikTok that I thought summed it up pretty well, where the girl is waking up her friend in bed, and she's like, wake, wake up, Samantha, wake up. Here's what you missed while you were napping. The queen is dead. <laughs> and she just, she just flutters her little eyelids and looks stricken and says, Dolly. <laughs> no, yeah. the queen of England. Right, it's, right. Dolly's fine. She's fine. Dolly's fine. It's okay. Yeah, uh, but what has happened in the intervening time is that the UK is freaking the fuck out. I should say Great Britain is freaking the fuck out. Um, They're they're taking it hard. Charles will be the new king. Um, I think they're going to give him a new name. Um, Uh, And uh, King James. I don't know. Um, 
I, um, I already saw a video of him signing a bunch of paperwork and not he's like it's today the 12th and somebody's like it's the 13th sir and he's like oh it's the 13th i wrote the bloody 12th on it and then the pen starts leaking on him and then somebody comes over to help him with the pen but now she's got ink on her hands mm-hmm. and that's when you hear an entire room full of silent people start murmuring and they start moving about to fetch a towel and like everybody's yeah. like, oh no, oh no, oh no, there's ink loose. Major it's escaped catastrophe. The pen, you know, and <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, uh, fucking yeah, Charles is like walking away, and he's in disgust. In he's, disgust. Yeah, he's complaining about the pens. He's like, I don't know why they do it every bloody time, you know. Oh my god, this yeah. country is about to fucking collapse. <laughs> they will not. They will not survive this. That's kind of what I'm. How thinking. many prime ministers have yeah. they been through just in like in the last four years? Hey man, I, they. Uh, I understand they have a good shot. A lot of people are saying that the new prime minister uh, should should be a, a good. This shake one's for a them. winner. Yeah, don't know her name. And I'm this sure is, Charles you, <laughs> will eventually get his shit together and rise to the occasion. And yeah, yeah uh, they've just concluded, or have they even concluded a ten day period of mourning? Um, I Na- mean, yeah, it's, it's been. 10 days since they, then. they laid the queen to rest yeah. like two days ago right and yeah i guess the whole country just ground to a halt like on purpose like they all saw it coming they had contingency plans they were kicking people out of fucking resorts and saying yeah we're gonna shut down out of respect they were um they were shutting down like soup kitchens and and yeah. you know social yeah. services and yeah like ma- like mail wasn't going out uh, right there was i heard something about like a, a popular bakery or something that announced like okay news broke today we are about to close down for the remainder so y'all have like a day what the actual and fuck? the line went like fucking down the street like everybody aren't, caught on that they, this place is about to close i have to get i have to get a week's worth of bread from this joint <laughs> are they just like not as capitalist as we do as we do it um, because they're like no, socialists because they're like socialists okay, yeah so i i i cannot comprehend the country shutting down for such a lengthy period of time to mourn even dolly parton literally anybody yeah but um, i wonder if they're making dry jokes about it being the supply chain those people probably get beat up by royal uh, sympathizers. Mm. Well, of which there's enough to queue up for some of them Yeah, literally like an entire day. Like well, they're just peeing where they are. What I would queue up is the... Uh, S- sleeping on the concrete. There was a soccer game uh, between uh, one team that was from the UK and then an Ireland team. and um, Queuing up to pay their respects. Well, they were trying to take like a moment of silence and everything. And during that silence uh, for the fallen queen, uh, the I believe it was the Celtics or the Celtics, uh, they they started chanting, uh, if you hate the royals and you know it, clap your hands. And <laughs> they, yeah, like, so a lot of people in the UK were, again, not for the first time pissed off at Ireland, <laughs> but also... Um, I, hey. Hey, totally. Ireland's got beef. I'm totally on North Ireland's got side beef. on this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, not not everybody is quite a royalist. Uh, I, I I'm not I'm not so leftist that I'm like yeah fuck that old bitch. No. Nah, I mean this is a sweet old lady who actually uh, some pictures were circulating in the R Austin of the time that she visited back in 1991. Uh, there's a lovely picture of her with Lady Bird Johnson and Anne Richards. What a what a beautiful image. These three powerful sure. women. You know just trading tea yeah trading hot tea uh right here in austin and 
but but there are people who were more per- personally impacted uh, by the British Empire, the fall of which the Queen presided over because she died at nearly 100 years old. A Carnegie Mellon professor uh, had her tweet removed after she said, uh, I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. She caught some shit for that. Um, I just want to bring this up. Boots Riley mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, from uh, of The Coup, uh, a band that we like very much and have played on the show many times, um, said the matriarchs of the matriarch of a royal family legacy of slave trading, imperialism, colonialism, theft, uh, symbol of opulence and mascot for the ruling class is dead. Uh, some South African uh, activist group pointed out uh, in the 70 year reign as queen. Um, Elizabeth never once acknowledged the atrocities her family inflicted on uh, native people. Uh, across the world that Britain invaded. Uh, but others say it's unfair uh, because the modern role of the monarchy is separated from politics. She's a figurehead. And that she they say that she did acknowledge some of the abuses that uh, predated her reign. <laughs> Citing as an example, in 1986, she was reportedly mad at uh, Maggie Thatcher for refusing to join in sanctions against South Africa for apartheid. Uh, she traveled to Ireland and apologized to the Irish. Uh, oh, yeah. Saying, yeah, yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, we could have done things differently, or not at all. (laughs) And shook hands with the deputy first uh, prime minister of North Ireland, who was the former commander of the IRA, which assassinated her cousin, Lord Mountbatten, in 1979. Yeah, on the American news, pretty much the far right, it was a collective shrug. This is the horseshoe meeting, the far left and the far right. Um, but on the slightly less far right, Tucker Carlson gave a moving, uh, in- increasingly hostile tribute to the Queen that seemed to imply <laughs> colonialism good, actually. And um, well, that Great Britain uh, should be great again. Um, make, and once make was them great. great again. And Why uh, don't that uh, once they were uh, truly great at civilizing the uncivil, savage, undeveloped world. I am paraphrasing what he said, but I think if you go back and watch it, you'll find that the tone is um, definitely pro-colonialist. Oh, sure, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, that's that's it not It shouldn't shock you. Yeah. I don't think it's just my imagination. This is where we'd normally inc- maybe include a soundbite. Right. But well, we're not going to, on this show, uh, include any soundbites of anything because we're physically incapable of doing so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll I'll say this. Uh, there are a there there is a pretty high number of countries across the globe. I want to say it's like in the '60s, but it might be higher than that. Of uh, countries that celebrate independence from Britain, uh, Great Britain, uh, you know, and the British yeah. Empire. Yeah, so it's a little it's a little weird. Yeah, and I think the only reason Tucker did that, like, took that stance, well, is because he doesn't like leftists celebrating the Queen's it, death. It mixes in with the idea. Here's the here's the thing about monarchy. It does play into nationalism really well. The idea of you know uh, the figurehead and the way of life being uh, symbolized and so so prevalent in society. Mm-hmm. That's something that American Americans want. Some of them, the ones that really like fascism and don't always like really understand that that's what they're wanting you know mm-hmm. yeah they want that they want that symbolic leadership and they want they want to view themselves as patriots because they live a certain life with these symbols that are important to them you know and tucker carlson that is what he's all about so the fact that it's a rich old white lady 
doesn't matter that this is the country that these white people in America were fighting for independence from, right, or came here after the fact. What matters is they're rich, old, and white. Mm-hmm. Simpatico. Hey, you know we're all we're all in the same fucking club. I now. thought I thought Tucker you know, was a populist, and he was speaking to the working. Oh men. no, I I can see him as an imperialist. Absolutely. You know, it used to concern me that so many Americans had decided that they were okay with um, jettisoning uh, jettisoning democracy and um, with principle principles adjacent to fascism and dictatorship. That, that they, so many Americans had decided that they wanted a dictator as long it was as long as it was their guy, the guy that they sure. wanted. Oh yeah. Um, I mean that <laughs> that used to really concern me, but then things got so much. Worse, because now um, they have turned Trump into a religious figure. Yeah, yeah. I don't just mean like the crazy QAnons. No, I mean, I know that they have, and I know that Christian nationalism has been rising. And I mean, like, like super church leaders yeah, have been yeah. saying this shit. No, that, that it reminds me of that. So we're recording this on Saturday, September 24th. Uh, for, if you know, you know, uh, this was over the last week or so purported to be the day that some big shit was going to go down and uh you know QAnon was going to have their 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 rise again or whatever i forget what their terms are wait, wait, for, for this, the different stages was this the day of the solar flares you were telling me about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there there was uh actually happened uh there there was a disturbance on the surface of the sun and a, a coronal ejection uh, which was about a week and a half ago or something like that nice and people are people were worried about it because it could send an electromagnetic pulse that would really fuck with our satellite systems and a lot of things here you know on, we make fun of the, the russians planet. for being so obsessed with solar flares but if there was a big one it could knock be, out all be, of our infrastructure yeah, we'd be pretty fucked. it'd be like <clears throat> It'd be like Y2K times a thousand. Yeah, it'd be everything that Y2K promised and didn't deliver on. But um, thanks so in part to because the hardworking and tireless effort of people who tried to just fix some, fix some computers. Yeah, as illustrated yeah, pe- in people started uh, office uh, space. People started uh, surmising that today, Saturday, was when that uh, coronal mass ejection was going to finally hit our planet and cause basically an EMP and reset everything. Hit our planet? What other planets is it hitting? We're the closest fucking planet. We're the third closest. Cut that. We are the third closest. Holy shit. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so... Cut that whole thing. That's... (gasps) Wow. As soon as the words were leaving my mouth, I was like, what are you doing? Really got an Earth first agenda here, I see. Okay. Uh, Why did you say that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, just to help fill it out, because this hasn't happened, and that shouldn't be too big of a surprise, because this entire theory was based off of uh, a misstep that somebody said in observance of September 11th, or something about that, and they misspoke, and they said September 24th. So some people took that as a coded message, that it was a tell of something that was going to happen, and then somebody else found an episode of The Simpsons, season 9, episode 11, where somebody says something about September 24th, but it's from season 9, episode 11. I think we can discount anything after season and so, 8. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, just to say, QAnon's still out there weaving their fucking grand tales. Baking and uh, baking. I love how The Simpsons is the new fucking Nostradamus. Yeah, like we've just kind of accepted that. They've been... Uh, They've been going longer than uh, a lot of these assholes have been alive. Maybe how, not, maybe not much, a lot. How but... much they've foretold. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, when it wrote, when did Simpsons debuted in the nineties. Um, the eighties. Say late eighties. Like a- no, somewhere like. <laughs> you are correct. Uh, 1989 is yeah. when The Simpsons debuted. And of course, it was a couple years prior they de- uh, debuted as shorts on the Tracy Allman show, right. which I also used to watch when yeah. I was a little kid. Um, just, just to say, uh, I'm still waiting for Lisa to become president. They also that was they tried to it. tried to take a shot at that one. Yeah. So there have been wild protests in Iran. Uh, obviously, this is the first time this has happened. But uh, have you been seeing this footage? I have not. I have. Um, really? Really? Holy shit! I've been uh, hearing about some protests in Russia, but not Iran. Oh, uh, okay. Well, they've sh- they've shut some they've they've shut the shit down, but there's still video getting out of what's going really? on in the street in you know a dozen cities in Iran. Um, you don't know anything about this because you, you don't go to Reddit is why, I guess. I guess. I've seen people, women, young and old, whipping off their headscarves and waving them around, confronting the morality police. There are people taking to the streets in such high numbers, men, women, young, old. What started this off, if you if you want to isolate something instead of looking at the whole history of, of Iran uh, since 1979, yeah, well... They've had like, that, that's they've, not... they've reached that point multiple times, and then they get brutalized by the regime. Right. Over and over again, people get killed. And so I, I just want to, like, I guess reiterate how brave I feel like these people are for standing up to, you know, the military police. People have died. They've been killed. Um, a lot of people have been arrested. You know, but what they do is they wait until things calm down, uh, and then they start collecting people and picking them off so yeah. like once your face is out there i mean your your life is completely a risk and yeah. uh, but but yeah the latest thing that kicks all this off uh masamini a 22 year old young woman uh was arrested in a northern city in iran for uh hijab violation um she died three days later uh, in custody of the morality police while receiving quote receiving training uh, on hijab rules i did hear about uh, that she just had a heart attack i guess while yeah. she was getting her training right um and uh i did hear about that but i hadn't heard any uh news about protests uh fucking absurd so that's why people are ripping off their headscarves uh and and kind of flaunting the uh theocratic rule yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah women have been protesting this that not not just the um mandatory headscarf uh, headscarf covering where you also you know can't have any hair showing yeah or you'll get spit on or punched in the street maybe like stoned maybe. Uh, or just straight up arrested yeah but also just not being allowed in male spaces um right rules and restrictions about uh attending school and yeah. driving and because yeah they're they're generations things throughout the years they're generations deep uh as you said said you know 1979 i knew that it was at some point in you know the late 70s when uh i think i think it was um basically somewhere around 1981 that the uh hijab law was uh well like like broadly like they became a theocratic state yeah when and it, hap- it happened like overnight it happened like yeah I mean, it kind of went down like in The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. where suddenly a, thre- a theocratic regime takes over, and overnight you go from being um, what was like a liberal democracy, like kind of Western, uh, kind of progressive, progressive, and like, looking at capitalism, Asian. like damn, that shit's working. That's that's basically where they were in the seventies. 
but it just underscores the bravery of the predominantly young people that are willing to stand up and that are also um, facing, you know, major pushback. They're facing bullets and beatings. And um, of course, they've shut down the Internet. Right. You know, uh, social media platforms. uh, But uh, yeah, I don't know. Power to the people of Iran. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had been hearing about uh, protests in Russia. You in other world news, in other world news. You've probably heard about how uh, some handful of days ago, Putin announced a call-up of around 300,000 eligible citizens uh, for service, right? Um, That's probably going great, right? Well, over the last few weeks, things have been getting worse and worse. Compulsory uh, military service for all the the people that have um, at least publicly been... uh, uh, well, it is supporting this here's the very necessary war on Ukraine. Uh, 300,000 uh, people is what they're trying to uh, get their get their eyes on and get in the ranks. Uh, if you are called up and you don't respond or try to run or avoid or whatever. This is just males between a certain age right now? I believe so. You face up to 10 years in prison for uh, defying the draft order. If you are a foreigner who is living there... You can go ahead and sign up to fight for the war, and you will be a citizen within one year instead of the five-year waiting period that they normally do for citizenship uh, to Mother Russia. Sweet deal. Yeah. Um, So when that news started coming out, um, one of the first things that happened is that there's been uh, a mass exodus. Uh, Along the Georgian border, uh, there was one highway that had about 18 miles uh, worth of cars backed up trying to fucking flee the country. I think it was Finland. Uh, and certain other countries are saying specifically like, look, we can't take on thousands of Russians because thousands and thousands of people are trying to flee the country right now after mm-hmm. this draft order came out. So they started having protests where I've heard anything anywhere between 700 and 1,000 people have been arrested just over the last couple of days because if you – protests are not acceptable. Yeah. They don't have freedom of speech. It has to be a state-sanctioned gathering if you have more than – fucking five people doing something out in public basically (laughs) you know what i mean um you know by the way to the protesters in russia also power to them they're fucking yeah brave and amazing and yeah putting absolutely putting their lives on the line to protest but um, i mean as as far as draftees trying to flee the country you know who else got drafted all ukrainian men between the ages of 18 and like fucking 40 right no maybe like 50 yeah yeah it's it's pretty fucked up but we've seen uh you know russia's obviously propagandistic promise of this being like this swift victory that's amounted to nothing their state sponsored tv networks have even like pretty much lamented the situation over the last couple of weeks and saying that like yeah we're getting defeated and this is impossible you know if we actually lose this like Russia might fall entirely. And it's not going great you know? for them right now, is yeah. it? And so they like they took a they took a nearly suicidal turn with the national narrative whenever Ukraine mounted a counteroffensive. It was and, and started gaining ground. 
against against all fucking odds, which is fucking wild. Turns yeah. out, turns out, Russian the war, Russian war machine isn't quite as well funded as we all thought. No, and we or saw certainly not as well trained. We saw from day one, allegedly, you know, all of these kind of intercepted things from the front lines of Russian soldiers who were like, "Fuck all of this," <laughs> you know. I don't. Well, initially, uh, they weren't yeah. even told what was going on. They thought, yeah, they were... really, really poor management, but also like. Yeah, kind of same thing. The people that were in the Russian military didn't want to fucking be there, and they were ready to bail, too. So I had seen a video... It was not conquest for them. From, uh, I don't know, a week or so ago, where they were enlisting Russian prisoners, um, uh, incarcerated inmates. And, yeah, it was like, oh, you can be in prison for another 20 years, or you can go go fight in Ukraine. Um. Actually, I believe this was a propaganda video. Um, the uh, general knew that he was being like he he was being filmed, saying, "This is not a soft war, right? Um, this is not Crimea. You're going you're going to the front lines. You're probably going to die, but if you survive, you get a free pass out of prison. If you die over there, at least you didn't die in prison, an old man. Sure. So I mean, yeah. come on, this is a win win, guys. <laughs> right." Um, I think a lot of people actually were just pressed into it. Uh, they literally did not have a fucking choice. I suppose it's not that surprising that Russia is bringing in, yeah, fucking their their inmates, because um, you know. But I guess they didn't. Get, they didn't get enough, or too many of them died, and so now they wow. had. To, they have mm. to institute a national draft, which is gonna make the war a little bit less popular, regardless of what the state propaganda has to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's all that. Uh, you know, and obviously it gets darker if we talk about propaganda from today, like, you know, now people are trying to put nuclear options on the table just as talking points for, for Russia saying like, look, we're really seeing this as there is a line for justification for us to use nuclear weapons. And that is essentially if we, the U.S., get more directly involved. Yeah, they've been saying that from the start. Yeah, I know. Is there one ace but in the hole? now... That is being mimicked uh, more and more by like American outlets, essentially. Russians, Russians seems to be forcing a nuclear option, and it's like they always fucking anyway. I pray for the nuclear option I, every yeah. night. I've been watching a lot of court, a lot of a lot of court cases on TV, and a lot of true crime shit. We honestly deserve nuclear annihilation. I um, mean, it sounds like I've I've thought that it's inevitable for years. I'm like that's probably what's what's gonna go down i'm gonna be sad you know for for my, the fucking for dolphins my, for, and, and for, the for my niece my and nieces the... and nephew but honestly it just has to be done i mean i'll be sad for the whole fucking planet and i'll be sad for all of humanity save a handful of assholes that caused it <laughs> you know what i mean just get, i'm just saying give something but... else a chance to rise to the top um maybe roaches would be a good option here dude can you imagine mushrooms on radioactive power yeah. The future is going to be wild. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's just going to be like uh, Kipo and the Wonder Beast. Yeah. Speaking of the, uh, you know, uh, kind of grist for the mill, fodder for the cannon mindset, um, I was looking at an article today uh, from CBS about uh, the Fed. The Fed. We're going to talk about it, folks. We have to talk about fucking the economy. You know, my brain just shuts down when you do that. Yeah, it sucks, right? Um, They're raising interest rates. Again. They're they're raising interest rates. Because that's the only power they have. 
is the only thing that they are capable of doing. Sure. Is raising interest rates. It's the only. But also, if what, what if, else? The, if the if if inflation is a nail, they have one tool. It's a hammer. Hopefully, it works. Sure. No, yeah, it's dumb. But this article specifically, I read, points out to something else that they have, which is clout. And uh, so some some people with the Fed uh, are basically saying what they foresee as being the kind of fix for inflation and is going to be kind of like a, a hard stop for most Americans and, and, and how we feel economically is that they're projecting that unemployment rates are going to go up. They're somewhere around three point something right now. And they're saying that they're likely going to and should go up to 4.4 to 4.5. Other people are saying that that it's going to go up to five point something. So, yeah, this is anywhere between 1.2 and 3.2 million people that will be, as they're saying, and perhaps should be for the greater good of the economy, uh, unemployed Unemployed by 2023. Or underemployed. Which means more people that are right. homeless, more kids being put into the system. So there's more. This is uh, chronic hunger. Yeah, no, everything. Uh, this is kind of explained this way in the article. It says, uh, with an additional million or two people out of work, the newly unemployed and their families would cut back on spending, while for most people who are still working, wage growth would flatline. When Great. Com- when companies assume their labor costs are unlikely to rise, the theory goes that they, they will stop hiking prices. That, in turn, slows the growth in prices. Well, that could only be good. Uh, the same article notes, though, that for most industries, it's not labor costs causing price hikes, but supply chain issues. So the yep. Fed is basically that, that's saying... That's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, the Fed is basically... Again, just the ball-peen hammer. Not able... No other tools. They are shrugging and saying, fuck it, try firing people, I guess. Uh, because economics is not objective math. Mm-hmm. Uh, economics is weird wizardry and ideas, and and all of it is always still in corporate interest. You know, and so basically what they're what they're saying that they're foreseeing and they think is the best way to do it is what I gather from this article is that millions of people, millions more people should lose their job over the next, you know, six to eight months so that to preserve profits so that companies can start mm-hmm. and they will have less money to spend. So companies will start firing more people and it will all snowball and companies will reach the point where they can't cut back on labor anymore. And there will just be less money because that's what inflation is, right? We've got too much money. We're we're all about capitalism and oh we made too much money I mean, and is, now people are spending the, too much money. This is the rubber <laughs> it's of like, trickle down economics. Meets the road of a sort of choice. Well, and so this is the other thing is because it's acknowledged that people that won't be affected by this, people who have massive savings and have some secure fucking CEO position or whatever else, they will keep spending. Not just on necessities, but they will keep making high dollar purchases. Yeah, luxuries. And so it all depends on the size of the industry that you're talking about. Like when it comes down to cars and washing machines and things like that, people will have less money to buy common necessities. And so large companies will start making all of these changes, which will help fight inflation. As far as all these companies are sticking to the theories, right? But we have certain other industries like the hospitality industry obviously which is 
labor is very streamlined and is basically it's it's an exploitive it's an exploitative agreement in the service industry always has been yep. still continues to be and they don't have a whole lot of room to cut labor but they always do so this is not a company because they're going to be dealing with supply chain issues a lot the service industry will cut labor wherever they can and this idea of introducing massive layoffs to a, as a, as a way to fight inflation that's not a possibility within not one of the largest industries yeah. because they are already at their fucking stretching point. And you can imagine looking at any place that is chronically understaffed, which is a, a fair portion of America's marketplace, <laughs> where unemployment is already a problem, to just say, oh, yeah, beef up the unemployment, and that's going to help fight inflation because we done made too much money sorry all yeah from our perspective at the working class end of the economic spectrum that that sounds absurd yeah to us and to everyone we know because we're not fucking money wizards i guess <laughs> yeah we i'd say if there's one thing the pandemic showed me it's what a large uh portion of the population does nothing essential right <laughs> and yeah, they yeah. weren't working yeah like yes your coffee shop you know closed for a while and you know a lot of service industry businesses had to close for a little while but yeah uh yeah i, I still went to work every day all day and most right. of the people i know did no, there as were, well there were a lot of places uh in the the entirety of the service industry that that fell to it but mostly if you work in fast for, food for like, some you're of getting, them if you work in food at all like you're gonna have to yeah. get up and go to work every day throughout this whole thing most of you'll be earning fewer tips which makes your salary much lower oh yeah i mean yeah uh again kind of offloading responsibility to somebody else uh yeah. <laughs> um but yeah there's there's other companies that made it through the pandemic without needing to shut down those were typically the huge corporations which they also are... received huge pp uh, ppp loans yeah so and i'm sure most of those were forgiven because i don't know taco bell was too big to fail or whatever right yeah um but yeah that's that's just Ooh. a little bit of a end game capitalism news ron DeSantis. oh god uh he's gonna be the new trump i guess or at least he's trying i don't think he's as charming as trump hey y'all i'm just gonna say this she just said ron DeSantis, and i'm like 2024 is gonna be fucked Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Calm, it's going to be calm that right now. the darkest timeline. Yeah. So he just exported uh, 50 Venezuelan, I should say Texas Venezuelan migrants um, mm -hmm. in that he didn't, they didn't round them up from Florida. They came to Texas to do it. Uh, Venezuelan oh. um, refugees oh, uh, seeking refugee status legally. Uh, rounded them up and uh, put them on a charter plane to or multiple planes to Martha's Vineyard, uh -huh. promising them work opportunities, schooling for their kids and immigration assistance, lying to their faces. Yeah, he's kind of in trouble, not legally yet for trafficking, including child trafficking uh, illegally uh, with with the law, but he is in trouble with uh, some of his constituents uh, for spending six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> of uh, their uh, taxpayer dollars on oh chartering planes for. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to call it a hacky stunt uh, to gain attention before the primaries. But I mean, also, he's not the first person to do it. No, 
Uh, it's, it's a thing that's actually hot right now. Um, and Oh, did I say he sent them to Martha's Vineyard without first notifying Martha's Vineyard uh, that that was uh, going to occur during... Ba- also, during non-tourist season, when it's mostly just mm. locals kicking it, yeah, okay. Um, who did ter- who did turn up uh, in droves to where they were being turned away uh, when these uh, people arrived uh, at at Martha's Vineyard, where there's no immigration assistance or schooling or job opportunities uh, awaiting them, let alone food, water, or porta potties. There, there was, and Alex Jones played this on his show, because I, I know you know, because you listen to Knowledge Fight, um, they pulled a quote of somebody um, saying, we don't have room for them here. Some people are going to have to leave. This this could be a real problem because we don't have the uh, you know resources like, ah, fucking liberal hypocrisy. If only they were dealing with what, you know, border towns are dealing with. Mm-hmm. But what he didn't say on his show is that this, this is not, he said, oh, she's like a Martha's Vineyard um, leader. Because he doesn't a know leader. what Martha's Vineyard is, or <laughs> she's like a, like, a I, archduke. I don't, even, I don't even know what it is. Like, <laughs> is it a township or like a you know? I, I think of it she's as a vacation a, spot I, for rich people. I think it's it's a sheriff. I think she's leader. the sheriff. No, she wasn't. <laughs> um, she is the uh, leader of a homeless shelter. Um, that had taken some of these people in and she was saying our shelter is at capacity and some of them will have to leave uh uh-huh. we didn't have any prior notice that we needed to clear up some space I mean, and yeah. also get uh any any type of um uh lawyers or immigration help uh, uh ref- uh, sorry help uh legal help for yeah, them yeah. to yeah. legally we're seek not, refugee status which is what they came here to do we're not bringing in the organizations which typically handle asylum seekers and which is very else. often uh yeah. lo- volunteer lawyers um right who do this kind of work to help people uh for no money but um as you know uh shit's really bad in venezuela so a lot of people have fled because there is um no food or mm-hmm. work or just a way to sustain your life yeah. um that's let Ma- alone the lives of your children that's maduro right yeah there's a there's Nicholas also a really maduro, nasty yeah. venezuela is a whole thing we're not going to talk about it on the show but yeah, that's, uh yeah, yeah there's a whole dictator in charge of venezuela and also the u.s disputes his legitimacy yeah because um we uh favor his uh democratically elected opponent or uh, democratically supported opponent i guess i don't know if it was dude, like a fair election we could do a whole episode on that whole thing because there was a private military firm involved in trying to overthrow things yep. like yeah it was wild well i said these these folks were from texas they literally sent someone they sent people to texas to kind of infiltrate this group of refugees and gain their trust in order to eventually like hand them brochures and put them on a plane um including including children there was a San Antonio woman known only uh, known only as Perla, uh, that was the the main liaison uh, between the DeSantis administration's plan mm-hmm. and these uh, Texas migrants. I don't know they couldn't, they couldn't find any in Florida, I guess, so they had to go to Texas. For to them. be clear, she just has the mononym, just Perla, right? Perla, Perla, oh. yeah, uh, just Perla. the one name. She's tall. That's all we know about her. Wow. Love this um, mysterious character. 
Uh, is this Carmen San Diego? I have to imagine that maybe this was done in some unholy uh, um, backdoor deal between uh, uh, Abbott and DeSantis, uh, since these people are Texan. Uh, te- <clears throat> current, they were residing in Texas at the time mm-hmm. of their um, deportation. I guess import importation to Florida and then deportation from there via charter plane. Uh, but obviously, um, and Abbott's not the first to do this, but uh, month, months preceding this political stunt, uh, Abbott had, was, had been sending busloads of mm-hmm. um, uh, immigrants, to undocumented immigrants to D.C. and New, New York, York City. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. most recently, he sent two busloads of uh, undocumented immigrants to uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's house. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't mean to be kidding around about this because honestly, I already knew I already knew what Abbott was doing, and it was disgusting. Yeah. But when I heard about the level of like, what are those? What are those two guys that just got that just got busted, and they now have to pay restitutions for like um, wiretapping the um. They're they're like they're like right wing um fucking trolls. Are that... you I don't you're not talking about the uh eight coon people. No, no no no. Um like eight chan or like... sorry, give me one second, let me grab a beer. Or uh, uh seltzer. Will you grab yeah. one for me? Oh, the Project Veritas guys. Oh, you know? Okay. Um this is some Project Veritas type shit. That's been done by an elected official, mm-hmm. and it's it's not it's not very compassionate. It's not very professional. It's I was literally nauseated that the people that we have elected to office are pulling these kind of fucking pranks. Um, I'm absolutely fucking disgusted. Yeah. Thank you. Here's the kicker. I, I talked about the charity lawyers and the pro bono lawyers um, that tend to show up uh, in in like uh, immigration emergencies, like when they shut down the uh, when Trump shut down the airports and stuff for a while. Right. Uh, because these refugee seek uh, because these refugee status seekers uh, were. Under false pretenses, you know, lied to and transported to Martha's Vineyard, um, given brochures, and also told to check in at immigration centers to declare their refugee status that <laughs> right, were right, right. hundreds of miles away from where they were sent. Right. Um, and told to check in by. Sorry, a I'm age. just saying. Right. It's just that the whole thing is. Yeah, I've been I've been reading about this one, and it's fucking ridiculous. They are now suing the DeSantis administration. Good. Uh, with their lawyers saying, you know, I I don't know what the damages are that they're suing for, and I don't know if that's going to help them achieve refugee status. I I hope that this political stunt actually backfires and the extra media attention uh, allows them a better opportunity of finding a safe haven. I should hope that it gives them footing on 
you know, their, their core ideals of escaping a totalitarian uh, country and hey, coming, guys, coming to the land of the free. That could be us one day. And, uh, yeah, being, being met with open arms by people who have, have plenty of fucking resources to take care of our neighbors. To, and, and to, to manipulate human beings like that. Yeah. For, for your own thing. political purposes. And, you know, I don't... I don't want to like kind of point out the obvious here, but I think it's worth noting that uh, Ron DeSantis, he is, you know, really leaning into the Christian nationalism thing too. Uh, And so this idea that, you know, he's, he's representing Christianity and, and all the good stuff that it has going on for it. And he is being xenophobic in this way. um, Really just kind of, it, it lets you know what brand of Christian he is, which is a common brand. It's bullshit. You know, uh, he's, he's a bigot. That's yeah, all. He's, he's leading, he's yeah. leading the way in, uh, remaking the curriculum of California's or, uh, sorry, uh, Florida schools in kind of an interest, kind of an interesting way, uh, banning what they call CRT, which is really just any discussion of, uh, the history of race or racism in America. Yeah. I feel um, like I feel like Abbott and DeSantis are literally they they've got like their own bet going, and it's some fucking silly game for them. That might be in all the anti-gay, anti-trans, uh, okay groomer, fucking anti-CRT like shit. Yeah. Um, that this um indoctrination about the correct interpretation of the law in the Supreme Court could be overlooked and teachers were sent to paid training sessions this is what i'm saying they they seem to be in the lead for shitty uh politics when it comes to not only uh you know dealing with the border and yeah public schools and those are two really big issues you know uh you know, obviously, women, you know, you women's know, rights are another one. There's actually a huge Cuban population still in Florida. He went to Texas to find people to deport. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, but it's not a political stunt. Right. No. No, this is absolutely necessary to do. This is how things are done in politics it's just to expose the liberal hypocrisy over there on the east coast that never has to deal let's with see any how border these, issues let's see how these elitists likes it once they're in martha's vineyard like i get the sentiment that they're fucking going for they think that they're so fucking smart because of it you know i mean the same thing could be said for any of their fucking gated communities and fucking ranches and shit that these in fucking Florida. assholes own and texas yeah, and, oh, yeah. Ar- and arizona you know what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck them all. Um, I'm, I'm noticing more and more this this draw towards uh, Christian nationalism within the country, and it's even when it leans one way and or the other, or it's perfectly blended, it's always kind of horrifying. You know, uh, to to like have those as your points of like, this is who I am as a politician. This is what I bring to the table into making the future. Is I'm a Christian nationalist. <laughs> Trump's even kind of uh, well. I mean, he would never say that. He's the kind of person that's you know he said uh, about Q. He's like, 
I don't really know anything about them. All I know is uh, they love the country very much, uh, and they like me. And now he's leaning into Q because he's in all kinds of shit. I'm a like, little confused about that. Uh, like what he made he made his audience raise raise a uh, like a finger and take an oath. I don't know. It, it sounds I, it sounds more like a callback to the Hunger Games than to you know the the QAnon circuit. But well, what I saw was uh, the Onion headline uh, where he said, "I'm Mr. Q, the pedophile, or whatever." Uh, because he's uh, just being doing this real half-assed attempt at pandering. Did, wait, uh, wait, is it? <laughs> that's the onion, though. That's the onion, though. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, that's that's kind of what it seems like. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're not we're not talking anymore about Trump this episode, though. So Fiona just hit uh, Canada's east coast, causing terrifying devastation. Uh, Puerto Rico is back in an extended blackout. Half the population of Puerto Rico has been without power for a week. Hundreds of thousands of people still have no water. Uh, The aftermath of the storm is always worse than the storm itself. After Maria, 3,000 people died. Uh, The economy is taking a multi-billion dollar hit. And uh, Ian is about to hit Florida. Okay. Um, probably by Monday, and it's ex- so expected to arrive as a Category Three, what which were, would be bad, but hopefully that doesn't happen. What are G and H though? Because we went from Fiona to Ian. Well, you just didn't hear about G and H because they remain they, tropical depressions that didn't cause I massive see. amounts okay. of damage in coastal areas. Yeah, but to say there's a there's a couple of big ones just a couple letters apart. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah. I mean that that's usually how it occurs. I think um last year the year before last they they ra- they ran out of alphabet letters so right. they had to uh kind of restart that uh so late in hurricane season you were getting you were getting AIDS. You were getting, you know, Albert. <laughs> yeah. I mean cuz we can, we can ne- I feel like we can never have another have, Maria. I feel like they've got it figured where they've got a huge database of names. We can never have another Katrina. There'll never be another Katrina. Not for I feel like you've got enough uh, K letters that you could probably go 15, 20 years without Kathy with a K. It. Kathy with a C. We can do both. <laughs> you remember that three years where we kept getting hit by Kathy that was spelled differently? <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone in Florida uh, is safe, is going to be safe. They've taken their fair share of abuse, both from inland and outland. Enemies foreign and domestic. You look out for DeSantis twenty twenty four. That's obviously going to happen. The fucking worst. Yeah, it is. In the meantime, the midterms Jesus are coming. Christ. They are coming. Yeah. Uh, November seventh. Sounds right. Uh, uh, early voting is probably going to be in October for wherever you are. Two weeks uh, of, of early voting here in Texas, everybody. Yeah. And even if you think that you are registered, just double check that. You know what? Go ahead and double check it now. I'll wait. Uh, because they <laughs> they do periodically purge the voting the voter calls. calls yeah. And you want to make sure that that didn't happen to you. It shouldn't be an unpleasant surprise on yeah. the day you go vote. Because by uh, then it's going to be too late. Yeah. Jen and I are white, so we get crisp new voter registration cards every year uh, without ever asking for I don't them. know if that's their policy. Y'all should... Vote look- against Abbott. Yeah. Vote against, I'm going to say, any Republican. Vote for Beto. Yeah. Give that a try. 
give that a go. Why don't you? He seems like a really cool guy. But yeah, so that's quite a bit of shit talk. And uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this session. We want to say thanks, A, to you for making it to this point. And then, of course, thanks to KBSR for having us on the air. Uh, thanks to our man, Trevor, and the Mental State Fair for the use of that theme song, Dying in Texas, which you heard. I'm sorry, pretty shittily. I like to be able to amp up the quality on the music that we share when we get to share it. And uh, Alex sure. Corvo's uh, Spectrostatic. Uh, no, I don't. And uh, yeah, just to say again, get at us at Radio Gripe, Radio Gripe TX. Uh, that's on Instagram. And if you're the email and type, uh, it's we're trying show, just W E R E trying show at gmail.com. Jen, any, any thoughts on what to leave our listeners with as they fight uh, the lantern fly explosion? Um, any, any kind of like pro tip or any kind of like heroic gen- general uh, patent kind of uh, speech you want to give? Here's my problem. You st- first of all, you still don't have the outro music queued up. <clears throat> Second of all, there are no lantern flies that have been reported here in Texas. But if y'all see them, they are beautiful and they are invasive and just bad. Kill on sight. To all you lantern flies and lantern fly killers, I say. Stay fresh, cheese bags.